are Locked On Trailblazers, your daily Portland Trailblazers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to a Wednesday evening December 27th edition of the Locked On Blazers podcast. I'm your host, Eric Garcia Gunderson, writer and editor over at LeBron Wire, part of the USA Today NBA Wire sites, former Blazer beat writer at the Vancouver Columbian, and your host here of Locked On Blazers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Welcome back to the show. It is Wednesday, also Draft Wednesday. Uh, We just had a big slate of NBA games that just wrapped up, and every Wednesday we get it hyped on the Draft app. It is awesome. That's when the most NBA games are, and it's a fun game. It's a fun Draft app. It's the best daily fantasy app, I think, out there because you pick your team every day. You're in a draft for five minutes, and then it's over. And, and then you have your players play. There's no salary cap. There's no pricing for players. So you don't, you know, you're not going up against like all these guys making all kinds of lineup based on the best value with a zillion algorithms. It's just a snake draft. You pick your five guys and then you, you go, you go to battle with your five guys. And if you win, you get paid the next day. And all of my listeners will get a free entry from draft on their first deposit when they join if you use promo code LONBA so use promo code LONBA on draft maybe tomorrow the Blazers are playing tomorrow so maybe you can draft some Blazers and, and play with us on draft but uh, that's that's my draft Wednesday spiel for today the Blazers have been off for the last few days they were uh at home, you know, people having Christmas with their family, some having a good Christmas, some having a not-so-good Christmas. Uh, uh, Myers Leonard, condolences to, to Myers for losing his dog, Bella. Uh, just wanted to shout out Myers uh, and Bella. Uh, missing their, missing his dog who, who lost uh, her battle with cancer. Uh, so... Uh, that, that was a rough one, but, you know, it sounds like pretty much everybody else uh, had a pretty good Christmas, except for, you know, uh, there's one other thing, but we're going to talk about that. Uh, John Canzano had a great column today in Oregon Live, but we're going to talk about the basketball before we get to the front office drama of the day. And... We have some news, and that is coming from Mike Richmond of the Oregonian, who was at Blazers practice at the facility, and uh, looks like Damian Lillard, after missing the last two games, missing the game against Denver on Friday and missing Saturday's game on the 23rd against the Los Angeles Lakers in L.A., it looks like Damian Lillard is going to return. He's going to be back on the floor for the Portland Trail Blazers, which is a very, very big boost. Very, very good for the Blazers that they will have Dame back uh, because they struggle without him. And they got handled by the, the Nuggets. And, and also, luckily for them, Brandon Ingram didn't play in the other game for the Lakers, which might have helped the Lakers uh, get into uh, get a win against the Trail Blazers when they probably should have gotten the win anyway. But now when the Blazers are home to face off against the Philadelphia 76ers, on Thursday, tomorrow, 
they won't have any such excuse. They're going to have their you know full deck, and it'll be interesting to see what direction they go with regards to the rest of the rotation because one of the guys that emerged in the game against the Lakers to help them steal that game was Maurice Harkless, who has been on the bench and basically in the doghouse for the last few weeks and has not made an impact, has not been playing at all. He's been catching DMPs a lot and made a big impact with 21 points against the Lakers. And, you know, I'm starting to wonder. I know, I know that they have something going there with Evan Turner, and I think Evan Turner stays in the starting lineup. And I think, you know, then you're looking at, okay, what do they do on the second units to kind of try and fit Harkless in there? Because, you know, one of Harkless's best assets is that he fits really well as another defender, as a wing guy to help balance out, you know, the defensive size. He, he, he is really, you know, a really good, sturdy wing player who can provide a little something out of the post as well on offense uh, with his cutting and stuff like that on those quick post moves. And it, it's really interesting. It's going to be interesting, I think. I think it should be of great interest to see what happens. And the Blazers have really struggled uh, to find that other wing to play alongside Dame, CJ, and Aminu. You know, Aminu has been rock solid this year and he's shooting the three well he's doing everything that you would want from that position and then you know their lineups their starting lineups with Evan Turner CJ Dame Aminu and Nurkic have actually been pretty good uh, at least in terms of net rating even though their offense hasn't been good Uh, they've been outscoring teams with that lineup which is you know a positive and something the Blazers haven't had a lot of but Harkless is one of their most talented guys in terms of athleticism, in terms of explosiveness. May not be, you know, in terms of skill, I guess, you know, with he's not going to create his own shot. He's not going to, uh, you know, ISO. You're not going to clear out a side for Mo Harkless. But he can do things on the offensive end. He can do little things here and there. And not to say that Pat Connaughton is just a shooter, but I just think there's a little bit more uh, potential if you can unlock Harkless. And I know that his his jumper has been bad this year and he hasn't gotten threes to go. And, and that was part of the reason that he had success against the Lakers was that he, uh, you know, really brought it and, 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 and made his threes. But, you know, when Aminu goes to the bench, you know, they, they could use that other, you know, stretchy, stretchy four stretchy three four guy a guy that can run up the court and kind of get the pace going and ed davis has been really phenomenal and i think i think that's where you get into the trouble you know if you put ed out there with mo you know with another big who doesn't necessarily shoot but you know zach collins has been playing a lot uh you know maybe they could look at something on on that end i'm i'm not sure but you know connaught has got to play then you got cj then you got shabazz and and maybe you know, maybe you let CJ, you know, maybe you try and you dial it back on that second unit, which, you know, Shabazz has played so well, and I and, and the Blazers have had some great numbers with Shabazz, and they just won with him, uh, you know, kind of leading the way there in Dame's stead, and I, and I know that it can work like that, but what if, you know, maybe you took Collins out for a second and you just said, hey, you know, we're going to go Ed at five, and we're just going to run. We're just going to run with Ed. We're going to have a bunch of small guys on the court. And, 
Zach Collins is, is probably a better shooter, at least has knocked down threes. And but he, it's not exactly like he's given you gravity either. Like teams aren't necessarily respecting his jumper. So and maybe that's the goal. And if that does happen, then you're thinking, okay, maybe then then Collins has some of that spacing threat, but. You know, maybe just getting quick running, having Harkless there as just another guy that can, you know, post up sometimes and you can use his kind of skill there as another avenue to create offense. And, uh, you know, I'm wondering if that's something they maybe go back to and look at after Harkless has the game that he had or if, you know, they'll they'll keep trying to go with what they've been going with with Zach Collins and and, and, and going big on those second units. And, uh, you know, it, that's the, the kind of the roster that the Blazers have, though, is that they have a lot of big guys, not a lot of wings. Harkless has really, you know, struggled to shoot the ball. Turner hasn't had a good year really shooting the ball either, not just from three, but from his spots. Uh, you know, he has his spots. He just hasn't been knocking down the shots at his spots the way he ha- way he, you want him to, the way you wish he would on like on the second unit and stuff like that. And so things are, are really difficult for this Blazers team. And against Philadelphia, you know, I don't it's not going to get any easier. Embiid and Simmons together are, you know, they can beat you by themselves almost. And and. But they don't just beat you by themselves. They have some pretty good talent around them. They've got Robert Covington, who's a knockdown shooter, who if you leave open and you double those two guys, he'll make you pay. J.J. Redick, you already know about him from the Blazers' many battles against the Clippers. And, and you know, that is is just... I mean, this is going to be... It, I wouldn't even say a good test. I mean, it's just, it's going to be a tough game. You know, this is going to be a tough game. The Blazers have not played well at home. Home has not been a good place for the Blazers. And man, it is uh, going to be a tough game. But luckily, they have Damian Lillard back, which will make things much better for the Blazers, even if it's not necessarily going to uh, guarantee them a win. And. There was something else that I was going to talk about, the, the John Canzano uh, column from today, which was uh, had a lot of interesting bits. And, uh, you know, when it comes to this stuff, when it comes to the front office, when it comes to the really big stuff, the, these kind of organizational things, Canzano really kills it. And uh, apparently he's been hearing that some people from Vulcan Incorporated, the company that uh, helps run the Blazers that is owned by Paul Allen, started contacting uh, people within the NBA and asking whether they thought the Blazers' struggles were due to a pro- broken roster or poor coaching. And that makes it seem like, uh, and, and, and according to Kanzana's article, it also says that, you know, Allen is getting ans- antsy, thinks they should be winning more. Um well, um, lots of interesting stuff here, and you know, this isn't you know the it isn't the you know uh, isn't the craziest thing. But the, the the I think the best point that Canzano makes and in all of it is that it might be Paul Allen that is what is wrong with the Blazers and why the Blazers are where they are, and. 
it's it's listen he's been here the whole time so i mean it, it it's it's and he you know there there's lot been lots of talks that he meddles with the team Kinzano wrote that he plays with the team like it's a fantasy team and he lets Olshay and Stotts take all the flack and you know uh you you look at this last draft and you start to think to yourself did Neil Olshay guy who called himself a draft guy really walk out of the most talented draft on his own taking two big guys that didn't really help their team now, I, I've heard a lot of theories on this stuff about the draft, and I talked to a lot of people about it, uh, a lot of people, you know, a, a, around the team and, and, and that know the team really well, and it, it just, it, it was so weird that, you know, some, you know, there's theories that it was, it, it was, you know, Olshay and, and, and an ego thing, and, 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 and there was also theories that it was, uh, that you know maybe use Paul Allen's you know penchant for things that that made uh, that influenced some of those picks and 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 you know the Zach Collins draft man the Zach Zach Collins draft pick you know he might be good but it, it's you know especially when you you start hearing things about how Donovan Mitchell for the Utah Jazz you know aced all the psychological profile stuff you know a, you know aced all that stuff and. Uh, you know, you see that he was a, such a good player out there, and that's normally a hallmark of Neil Olshay's draft history. You know, he takes those guys that are tough. You know, he takes those guys that can, uh, you know, withstand it, that are mentally headstrong. Uh, and when you look at guys that he's drafted that fit that mold, I think you think Damian Lillard. I think you think C.J. McCollum. You think uh, Will Barton. You think Alan Crabb, you know, all four of those guys right there, you know, Crabb was a little bit different in that he was kind of lets everything roll off the back of him and doesn't let anything bother him. But he was very headstrong. He believed in himself. Will Barton, a different type of headstrong. Damon CG, a different type of headstrong. But all those guys, you know, fit that profile. And it's weird when there's a guy who was acing all those things like Donovan Mitchell in the pre-draft and it, it just they just did not pay attention to it. A guy that played defense and could score doing a lot of the things that, you know, the Blazers needed out of someone other than Damon CJ to play defense and to credibly score the basketball, which they don't have any of those guys. And it's uh it, it, that's just a fact and and uh I, I think Kizano brings a, a great point to light that you know, maybe maybe Paul Allen is kind of jumping in at times, forcing moves, pushing moves. I, I mean, you know, one of the things about uh, Neil Shea is that he's preached sustainability, that he's preached, you know, growing the, the Blazers as a, as a model, you know, uh, akin to, say, the Spurs model. That you know, that's a buzzword that all teams use now. But 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 Olshay has used that a lot in his rhetoric, and then you know to say that, and then to you know spend all the money that they did in the off season going after Chandler Parsons, going after Evan Turner. Uh, you know, this is kind of a big macro Blazers talk, but this is you know you start thinking about all these things is and, and how you know analytically inclined the Blazers were say in the post Lamarcus season where 
Olshay's looking at deals, looking at bargain basement contracts, gets great deals, and then turns around and 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 you know ends up with Evan Turner, who's probably you know, or would have ended up with Chandler Parsons had they had their way. You know, that does speak to me as a little bit of a pressing move. And and, and you know, listen, one of the best things I think about uh, Neil Olshay that. I think that he deserves some credit for because obviously the Blazers have had success. They've won in the playoffs, which they had it for a long time before he got here. This guy must be just the master of managing upwards because to deal with this, with Paul Allen meddling, and and, and this is something that has happened here for years, and and there's no reason to believe that it just hasn't stopped because he's the owner of the team. He is going to – but. And, and, and this has kind of been his tendency. And, and you know, credit to, to Olshay. I mean, the fact that Olshay still has a job is a testament to, A, both what he's done on the basketball court and helping create this team, and, B, uh, I mean, I don't know if anybody can manage that ego. I don't think anybody has managed the ego of Paul Allen quite like Neil Olshay has. I don't think anybody has. And... Uh, you know, and this is the type of stuff you never want to hear either. You know, th- this is the other thing. You know, we're back now to, you know, what things were like in, you know, 09 and 10 and, and all the, the Brandon Roy years where there was so much, you know, fun moments of on-court success. But then there was this over, you know, overarching you know, everyone wanted them to be better. And of course, why wouldn't Paul and Paul Allen was one of those people. And, uh, you know, and, and now we're, and we were talking about all the stuff going on in the Blazers front office with all their executives and Larry Miller and, and, and Paul Allen and, and all this stuff and all these people that were involved with the Blazers that no one actually cares about, you know, all these suits, no one cares about any of them. And, when we're forced to care about them, that's when things are bad for the, for your franchise. And unfortunately, we're here. So uh, we're in a really interesting place right now heading into this Philadelphia game where all of a sudden we're talking about all these front office executives, people that work at Vulcan, people that no one cares about. And and we're sitting here talking about them. And th- this is this is when it sucks. It's like, you know, when, when Kanzano's going to come off the bench and, and, and write a column about all that's going on with the suits and the, the corporate BS drama that's happening at Vulcan. All this, you know, meeting room bullshit. You, you know, that, that's when it sucks. You know, that, that's, so this is, this is not a good time for the Blazers right now. Things are not good. Uh, you know, I, I'm not going to sugarcoat it for you. And uh, when it gets, the, you know, this is like a DEFCON. You know, when Kanzano writes the column about corporate bullshit... That's a DEFCON. And uh, and that's what we got right here. Just a bunch of corporate BS that is uh, really, uh, you know, that's probably all been going on. But now it's coming to light because Paul Allen's apparently frustrated. The Blazers, uh, you know, they're not, you know, I think they're. They they have been a letdown at home. You know, not winning home games has been like a very trash tendency of this team, and they were very good at, 
you know, they were very, very good at winning on the road. And that's the weirdest thing. They had that great Eastern Conference road trip. And now they've, uh, you know, really regressed from that point after looking like a team that could really fight for that fourth seed, maybe. And now, uh, you know, and this is how it goes in the 82-game season, too. You know, they were cruising along. They were right there. They had some cushion. If they had beaten Minnesota, you know, that would have been huge. And Oklahoma City was looking, you know, dead in the water. And now Oklahoma City is playing great basketball. They're winning a bunch of games. They just whooped Toronto tonight. And now now the Blazers are in a really uh, tough spot. And now uh, they're... Uh, holding companies dirty laundry has become the subject of this podcast, which is just, it's, that sucks. Um, like I said, no one likes talking about the suits and, and, and here we are, uh, talking about them. And, uh, you know, it's been a tough season. Last episode, we talked about the, the, the struggles for use of Nurkic this season. And, you know, that has been tough, but you know, that trade was a great trade by Olshay. I still don't know how, uh, he was able to finagle that. Uh, but, uh, you know, still, it still stings, you know, the the Blazers had three picks in an extremely deep draft with a bunch of really good players. I mean, I, Donovan Mitchell has been the, the the avatar for this, but, uh, Kyle Kuzma is another guy that the Blazers could have had, uh, you you know, uh, it it was, uh, and, and he looks like a star. So you, you look around the league at all these rookies that, are playing really good basketball that Portland could have had. And on an a even lower scale, you got Semi Ojale, who I was a big fan of. Just going to – I'm going to take credit for the ones that I get, and I've been wrong quite a bit, so I'm, I'm, I have been admitting those as well. But, you know, the Blazers – are John Collins from Atlanta. I mean, lots of guys that are making impacts on teams, and Atlanta sucks. So, you know, take that what with, you know, how you will. But – you know, walking away from that, I mean, it makes me think, you know, did he have something to do with trading up two picks to, to get that one pick? And, and, and also, too, uh, you know, Neil Olshay, again, calls himself a draft guy. What draft guy wants fewer picks? So maybe maybe he is meddling. And, and, and based on the track record, it wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me. And so apparently his people are canvassing the league, trying to figure out what exactly is wrong with his team, what changes they should make. And unfortunately, I don't think they should make any changes because I think Olshay has has done uh, mostly a good job. All GMs are going to miss, but I think he's he's hit some gems. And then I think Stotts has done an amazing job uh, coaching this team. I mean, even think about for, for for a rewind on top of this summer, the Allen Crab trade. What reason why they trade? I mean, you know, Crab, you know, had a bad season, and I'm sure he did not really want to be here because I think he really wanted a bigger role where he'd be counted on a little bit more. But the biggest thing I think was that that luxury tax, maybe, and and, and who ends up having to pay that? Paul Allen. And now the Blazers don't have any reliable three-point shooting on the floor. Like, I mean, I'm just thinking to myself now, you know, 
it would, you know, I, I know that there's a lot of you who hated watching Alan Crabb play. But wouldn't, wouldn't you just like maybe to watch that lineup of Dame, CJ, Alan Crabb, Aminu, and Nurk? Would, it, would that be so bad? Because, you know, Pat Connaughton's come back to earth. You know, he's, he's not making threes the way he was earlier in the season. And, uh, you know, it was probably, unex, you know, probably not fair to expect him to hit 42, 43% or whatever he was hitting at the beginning of the season. But he's come crashing down. And, uh, you know, it was a fun story. And it, it looked like, you know, uh, it looked like they'd kind of hit the jackpot again with, with another bargain basement guy. But, you know, it hasn't gone that way, and he's not getting up a ton of threes either. And so uh, you, the, the trade of Crab, who, you know, had, had had some big games and has scored a lot of points before in the NBA and, and delivered for this Blazers team, you know, who knows, who, who's to say that that wasn't a move influenced by Allen? And, and, and so, you know, you start thinking now with this Canzano column, you know, how many of these moves were really, uh, it were really genuinely moves by uh, Neil Shea and how many of them were the result of corporate BS and, and managing upward to please your boss. And, and so, uh, yeah. Tough to say, but it is not pretty, it is not good, and it is not good that we are here on this Wednesday night before the Blazers face off against Joel and Ben and the rest of the process, that we're here talking about suits. That's going to do it for this edition of Locked On Blazers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Subscribe to the podcast, tell your friends, leave us a five-star review if you could. Blazers face off against the Philadelphia 76ers tomorrow at the Moda Center looking for a win. And hopefully we'll be here talking about basketball and not suits on the next edition of Lockdown. Until next time.